This is Robert Roundtree, and you're listening to the Marijuana Solution. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Arnold Deal, and he is going to be talking to us about Floridians for Freedom and what they're doing to actually help you get some of your rights recognized, such as the right to a plant. Uh, Arnold, how are you doing today? Very well, Robert. I want to thank you very much for this opportunity to talk and uh, let the people know about Floridians for Freedom. We're a political action committee um, created from Florida Cannabis Action Network, the uh, oldest advocacy for cannabis in the state been around since the 90s. And we are uh, trying to restore our original right to the plant. And uh, we have a valid initiative for full legalization. And what makes it a little bit different than the others, and uh, I'd like to see this actually go nationwide sometime because this is what we need to do and this is the right way to do it. Uh, just give us the plant back. We all know that they took it under uh, false pretenses and all that, so this regulations and giving us a little bit, they should just restore our rights that they took away. And that's what our ballot initiative is. Uh, we It's 114 words, very simple. and. Uh, we're hoping to get to a Supreme Court review here pretty soon. I think that that'll make a big difference, and we'll get the signatures. Um, yeah, one absolutely. Other, oh, go ahead, please. Well, one other thing, you know, the, the difference is this is also it's a grassroots organization. Uh, we are doing this for the people. We're doing this for the plant. So this is actually going to get the plant and the seed back into people's hands before Monsanto and big business destroy that or take control. And I think uh, this plant is something that is meant for us to consume, live with, be a part of our life in such a way that we shouldn't minimize it by calling it medicine. Uh, it's not only that, it's something that we should, as our food, our clothing, our house, our, our very existence is, really needs this plant. So I think it's all kind of been a ruse, this medical thing, just to keep it out of our hands and keep it in their hands until they can find a way to give it all to the pharmacies. Well, you know, Arnold, a lot of people would hold the same opinion as you, I'm sure. And, you know, in some of our conversations that we've had prior when we've been chatting on Facebook or on the phone, you've always made it abundantly clear your position that you think, in your opinion, that calling it medicine is a bad idea. And you just outlined some of those reasons because it is absolutely more than a medicine. Can you explain what you mean and why you think that that is a bad idea? Uh, I certainly would love to say explain that. Um, the reason I don't like us calling it medicine is because as soon as we call something medicine, now because of the FDA, uh, it has to be handled through a pharmacy, uh, a drugstore, or some kind of situation like that and has so many more restrictions. So because of the restrictions that go along with calling it a medicine, um, not to say that it doesn't have all those qualities and, and, and many more, but uh, food supplement or just our food or just something that should be uh, in, our, in everybody's garden because when the world knows some more about this plant, they're going to realize that we should be juicing it, uh, eating it, and consuming it in every other way. 
people who put on topic or topicals sometimes say that, uh, you know, geez, that feels so good and gets rid of the pain. I wish I could bathe in it. Well, we should be able to do that too. Um, it's just something that uh, it's just too many restrictions when we put the medicine word on it and it takes it out of our hands and gives it into people who are uh, somebody who we haven't really felt trustworthy with our health so far, the pharmaceutical companies. That's right. And corporations in general, you know, there's um, a, a lot of issues going on now with some of the dispensing organizations around the state, uh, people wanting to obviously expand the market and uh, the dispensing organizations, in all fairness, they have way more money invested than one should have to to cultivate cannabis. And so like any business, they're in it for the bottom line, so they have to try and protect their interests, which leaves patients, since we're in a medical marijuana state right now, um, at risk of extremely high costs and a whole host of other issues. The petition from Ordinance for Freedom would definitely take care of all the issues that are going on right now. And I would like to, for the listeners, just read the uh, text of the constitutional amendment that you have, because it, like you said, it, it is short. And it goes, full text of the proposed constitutional amendment, all people in the state of Florida, 21 years of age and older, shall have the right under state laws to possession, use, and cultivation of cannabis. This right shall not be infringed except that the transfer of cannabis by purchase or sale may be regulated as necessary to ensure health and safety. Cannabis in this section is defined as all parts of any plant of the genus cannabis, whether growing or not, and the seeds thereof. And the provisions of this section are severable, and if any clause or sentence of this measure or an application thereof is adjudged invalid by a court of competent jurisdiction, other provisions shall continue to be in effect to the fullest extent possible. And so that brings me to a question, Arnold. Can you explain to people what it takes to get this actually confirmed by the Supreme Court? I believe that's the body that does it to uh, certify it. Yes. Um, first, I'd like to say to the people so that they uh, understand how much we need their help, uh, what makes this so very different from all the others um, is the very fact that this is giving us the right to the plant back and it's for the people. So it, it keeps it grassroots. We can't go and offer uh, big business in Colorado or someplace else that has billions of dollars that they made and say, okay, well, get you in here in a great market uh, and, and a business, you help us do this. Because this is for the people. This is for the people in the plant. So there's really nothing that we, we're kind of hurting business in a way, unless you're a hydroponic store or seed store, you know, and because people are going to be able to grow their own. And so it's a little hard to get the help from big money or anything that way. So we need the people. Now, to answer your other question, of, uh, could you repeat that? Question again. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, what I was wanting to know is what does it take to get the Supreme Court, I believe that's the body, to certify it? Right. Um, well, what it takes is uh, a certain amount of signatures that it just went up from 68,000 uh, 
from last year till we had a little bit bigger election this year. More people came out. So I believe it's 70, uh, I think it's 77. So we we jumped up about 10,000 more. So we need 77,000 petitions to get the Supreme Court review. Supreme Court review is a, a simple thing, but it's, it's uh, also going to be an argument. No matter how good your thing is or how perfect it is, they're still going to, you know, they're, they're going to argue. So you all get argue oh, back and, and, and you win. But what the two things the uh, Supreme Court looks at is does your summary match your text of your amendment? Or is it so simple? That's very simple. And is it a single subject? So that's why it gets a little difficult when you try to do too many things, like throw in regulations or this or that. You've got to keep it a single subject, and ours is uh, you know, very simple. So I don't think we'll have a problem with Supreme Court review. But it will still be an argument, because that's just what that is. And now, then after that, then we'll need 10 times that to get on the ballot. So we'll need 770,000. Wow. But there's um, uh, there's well over a million people from our from Florida Cans uh, research and, and uh, polls and everything who have done. There's over a million people who use cannabis every month in the state. So oh, absolutely, I, I, def I definitely think that's accurate. You know, so I mean, there's 20 million people in the state. There, that's uh, really shouldn't be that difficult. Floridians for Freedom has just gotten, uh, well, let me say this, we're still in the process of just finishing finalizing a, a Hispanic version to uh, distribute down in uh, Dade and Broward counties, um, so that uh, hopefully yeah. it's gonna be helping us a bit. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think even um, up where I'm at sometimes during the week in the Orlando area, because I know there's a lot of people that uh, Spanish is their first language, absolutely. Um, right. You know, so just to let everyone know how Arnold came up with those numbers, it is 10% of the, is it the registered voters in the last election or the number of people that voted in the last election? Uh, I'm not sure where the Department of Elections comes up with those numbers. They're the ones who come up with those numbers. Um, the amount that gets the Supreme Court review is 10% of the amount that gets on the ballot. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah, I was going to look real quick. Yeah, it's the presidential election. Yes, yeah, it's not only a presidential election. It's the amount from the last presidential election. Okay, yeah, and so we yeah, had a little bit first of that from everybody, so 10% exactly. of that. And now everyone can probably start to understand the type of money that must be involved to collect that many signatures because it's not like you go out and you get your exact number of petitions signed because uh, from what I've heard and what I've seen reported, you usually need uh, anywhere from 20 to 40% sometimes additional signed because there's going to be a bunch that do get disqualified because there's a, people whose whole job is to find 
issues with these petitions. Absolutely. And uh, some of the people don't take real good care in uh, filling them out. A lot of places where it says county, they put USA because they think it says country. I mean, it's a Florida initiative, of course, so we should know that we're in the U.S. and right. the state of Florida. But, you know, that's, you know, people are filling them out sometimes at a Friday fest or, you know, some kind of a gathering and, you know, maybe not taking the care. So, yes, you're exactly right. If you're getting 80%, you're doing pretty good. So uh, what we aim for is a million to be able to get our seven hundred and seventy thousand. Yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate. I think that this day and age, with all the technology, you file your taxes online, you do banking online, you do everything online. You even can see the doctor online, but right. can't do a petition like this online. It's almost as if it's set up to prevent people who aren't well funded and otherwise not of an elite status from being able to get these types of measures together because that many people on a 100% grassroots campaign without a significant amount of resources is, I mean, that's hard, really hard. Yeah. So I, I commend you for taking on this challenge. It, it, it is, and uh, being vice being vice chair of uh, Floridians for Freedom is definitely uh, a challenge, to, to say the least. But the thing is, I know it's the right thing. So um, not only am I, I'm not just blindly standing up for the right thing. I'm hoping people are going to listen. People know me for uh, other things in the cannabis industry of my ad advocacy and activism. That I'm hoping uh, it's. People are hearing about it nationwide because every state has done it differently. And like I try to tell people, they've all done it wrong because you don't legalize something and then still have regulations on it. That's not legalization. That's regulation. No. I mean, you go to Colorado, you can go to a bar and drink a beer, but you can't go to a place on the side of the road and, and consume cannabis. I think they might have just changed that. But, you know, that's that's the way it is with all these regulations and stuff. And it's all from holding on to the three for madness. If they realize that this plant never hurt anyone, that it's only done good, um, the only thing that's harmful about the plant is the laws. The only reason they're holding on to this is so that they can bide enough time so that they can control it. That's just as simple as it is, you know. Uh, that's why, you know, whether our ballot initiative can, uh, you know, on a grassroots effort alone, get enough signatures, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm keen for the right thing because people say, oh, well, you're asking for too much. You're asking for too much. Well, you know what? If you really think about it, that's really selling out in my opinion because they took this plant from us under under our roofs. You know, and, and, and for to help Randolph Hearst and Andrew Mellon, you know, to help newspaper and nylon. The American Medical Association came around later and said, hey, we didn't know this hemp you were talking about was our cannabis. Well, we can't have our medicine anymore. And, and so did the fabric people. They didn't realize it either. So uh, that's – Wow. Then, then, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I can... uh, it, well, all I was going to say is, you know, then uh, – they come come around later and, and use a racial thing to finish it off. So you know, hey, come on, just 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 realize what you did and give us the plant back and stop. That's <laughs> my feelings. Yeah, seriously. That um, what I got so excited about was I believe you said the American Medical Association 
Yeah. And I do remember that I think it was up to about 30 or 40 percent of no, the 70. drugs in pharmacy. No, 70. Oh, yeah. Uh, 70. Uh, 70. All right, everyone. 70 percent of the prescriptions that were being prescribed up until the time where reefer madness took over and the plant became illegal had cannabis in it. And now right. the irony is the same American Medical Association was one of, ended up being one of the biggest propagandists against the plant. Absolutely. Just, oh, man, the irony, you know, it's thick right now, Arnold. I'm having trouble breathing it so heavy over here <laughs> because when – you know, I go to Tallahassee every year with Florida Cannabis Action Network. Huh. Yeah, I. Uh, it gets know, hard to breathe for me too. It, oh, super heavy, you know, and and it smells really shitty in my opinion because the powers that be, like you said, they they're calling they're maintaining that it's no medicinal value, and that is in my opinion totally to delay in an effort to where they can figure out how to roll out likely maybe a schedule two. Absolutely. And, don't, uh, don't reschedule. Don't, never let them reschedule. They're going to deschedule or kiss my ass. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> right. Because, as I'm sure you know, Arnold, but I'm going to explain it real quick for the listeners. If it went to a schedule two, schedule two requires a vast amount of resources to bring a drug to market, which means Bye-bye, mom-and-pop shops. Hell, bye-bye every dispensary operating in Florida probably combined the amount of money it takes to go through those types of FDA trials. So exactly like what you're saying, Arnold, I completely agree. It needs to be descheduled. Um, and, I mean, in my opinion, and I hope we see this one day, I even think the the silly uh, age number, you know, needs to be done away with. Uh, kids can buy cigarettes at 18. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. But people are really scared about the plant for some reason. You know, we've had the five yeah. making sessions and law enforcement got up there and they're scared and they're scared and they're scared. How would Floridians for Freedom's petition solve these issues Well, of being rescheduled or something like that? Well, that that's the whole thing. It needs to, well, there is no way it could be on a schedule if uh, Floridians for Freedom petition was nationwide and then was accepted federally. That would be doing it the right way and just getting rid of undoing what they did wrong. Um, so far as the age thing, I, I really have to say something, Robert, that uh, I've done so much research on this plant throughout my whole life that I'm really not convinced that I, I, I understand that the male – Frontal lobe matures around 21 and 22, and the female—I mean, the female 21, 22, and the male around 25. Right. Um, I think if you're not ill in some way with at least ADHD or something, um, you might be best to wait until that age. Um, I'm not sure of that yet. Now, you know, yeah. I know that it's health in so many ways, but I don't know. You know, not, I'm not sure about the children yet. Personally, right, and, and that's just a, a whole nother reason that it needs to be out of Schedule One, so there can be some real research done. You know, there right now most of the research that's been done has been private. I mean, it's been peer reviewed, absolutely legitimate. But and Robert, I have to feel and tell you, I have I have to feel and tell you that I feel that that research that I'm leaning on is wrong. You know, I feel that it's another one of the propaganda lies because I don't even know that it could be bad for anybody. It's a neuroprotectant. It, it increases yeah. the myelin sheath. Uh, we got the Jamaican study with children uh, where the, the mothers that have, uh, you know, so much cannabis in their breast milk, these children are the healthiest children in the world. So I really am not going to go along with that. So, you know, I just wanted to mention that, you know, we do have that research out there that speaks that way. I'm just... Uh, not convinced either way completely on that. Well, you know, because all you have is anecdotal evidence, and it, when you're dealing with a developing human brain, it, it is always better to err on the side of caution if it's something like this and, you know, the child doesn't have a debilitating medical condition. I can totally understand that um, because, you know, just a lot isn't known about it. Uh, but everybody that I know, who has a child and the mother breastfed while still using cannabis, they're the healthiest children I know. I mean, I agree. I agree. Same, same here. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and can you explain uh, some of the benefits, because you touched on it earlier, but like with juicing, what, what that does for people, it seems to be something that's really popular. Well, there's so many different ways to consume the plant, and you, depending on what issues you may have in your life and what you want to deal with, that's how you consume the plant. And actually, best to consume it in all those ways. So juicing 
the best thing about that, besides the health benefits of juicing the live plant, where you have live enzymes that aren't dead in any way, which is really how human beings might be healthier if they ate. Um, besides I, that, you don't, yeah, you don't get psychoactively high because the cannabis uh, cannabinoids are in the acid form, THCA and CBDA where they're not activated, not psychoactive, although they do have many medicinal properties and health benefits, um, different than the unacidic forms. Some of them are, but still very beneficial nonetheless. If for somebody who has Crohn's disease or something like that, this is a very beneficial way to take it, especially if you have a job during the daytime that you got to be an accountant where you'd rather not be psychoactively high. Although, if you become a medical user and you get past a certain point, you really can function very well and be an accountant and kind of stop getting high as a medical user. You build up a tolerance that much, you really do. Um, that makes sense. But, you know, there's so many different ways to consume the plants, you know, uh, vaporizing it. I really believe in vaporizing right from the plant because I believe with the whole, one of the major keys, if not the whole key to this plant, Besides cannabinoids is really the terpenes. They work with the cannabinoids and the entourage effect is just so very important. There, it's more than anything about this plant. It's those things working together. Um, that's the difference between one plant getting you energetic for the day and the other one putting you to sleep at night. It's all about those terpenes. They're the smells and flavors, in case the audience didn't know. And uh, they're very... They work together. It's an entourage of synergy. They work together with the cannabinoids. They to, certainly uh, do. And I, I've seen a lot of research, Arnold, that they're starting to realize that terpenes play a really, really vital role uh, in the different effects that can be achieved with these strains. And some of the concentrates, they even will add additional terpenes. My, a buddy of mine works at Clear Choice Cannabis in Seattle or Tacoma, which is on any given month one of the top three dispensaries by sales. I think they do like a million a week. Mm -hmm. And and you can go in there and custom order your terpene blends, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh as long Absolutely. as you, can, you know Absolutely. So that's why I said that's what I was saying that I really appreciate um, vaporizing the plant itself because everything's intact. Although when the plant gets cut off from a living plant and starts to dry, you start losing terpenes. But the thing is, the other ways of vaping with the extracts and the oils, you're, they do lose those terpenes in the extraction process. They're very volatile and vaporize off very easily. And yes, you can put them back in. You don't get them necessarily from the cannabis plants. You get them from every plant that they're more abundant in, like linalool, it's a lavender smell, and you get that from lavender. And the other ones you get from the places where they're more abundant. And you put them together in the same profiles and uh, actually don't want to plug my own company, which is about to start, but I have Please exclusive do. rights to Florida. <laughs> I have exclusive rights to Florida for selling some of the two best companies in the country, one from Oregon, one from uh, Michigan. And... Um, in in those blends because these people who are doing the dabs, uh, you know, allegedly, because of course we can't do that in this state, but people who are doing the dabs uh, are losing the benefit of the different strains. And these oh, terpenes wow. are totally legal. 
they're not from the cannabis plant. There's no cannabinoids in them. But the entourage or synergy that they work with the plant, a person can take a dab in the morning and put super lemon haze terpenes on it, put in oh, the same wow. profile, yeah. super lemon haze, and then in the evening put on a nice uh, heavy indica to go to sleep at night. And they can be using the same extract. So it's 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 a it's a thing. So there's many ways of consuming the plant. Um, uh, the former, uh, just recent past president uh, Kathy Jordan of Florida Can, yeah. uh, wonderful friend of mine. I love her with all my heart, and uh, she needs to smoke the plant. Vaporizing doesn't work for her because she has ALS, and ALS is people who. Die eventually of ALS, usually from drowning in your own saliva. Yeah, because you can't swallow. Um, so the cotton mouth that she gets from smoking an actual joint is one of the things that benefits her. Also, along with the other, the fact that it stopped her ALS and is a neuroprotective. Wow. Uh, she has been alive for 30 years since 1986 when she got diagnosed with ALS, and. Um, the uh, other thing about it is she needs to be able to cough things up, and it helps her cough up uh, the mucus and stuff. So there are even reasons to actually smoke the plant. Uh, coconut oil and cannabis is a miracle for the world. And if uh, you have anything in your colon or colitis or anything like that, or even your prostate, uh, put a little bit of coconut oil on a little aluminum foil thing, shape it and make yourself a suppository. There's, there's, and uh, you can make, uh, I know uh, I've made Epsom salts, you know, infused with uh, terpenes and everything, and it's a wonderful thing. Wow. You know, like I said, you know, you put on any of these salves and stuff and you feel like, you know, geez, I wish I could bathe in that. You know, you can. And that's what we all should be able to. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I would much rather put like a low THC CBD oil ointment on my son than something that's just filled with a bunch of words I can't even pronounce. Uh, much less know anything about. Um, I mean, it just goes on for forever. The rabbit hole so deep with this plan. It's so amazing, Arnold. I mean, cause aside from the food and the medicinal aspects, I mean, it, it could solve a lot of our issues for many things. Uh, it can replace paper. We can have our trees back. We can have a true greenhouse effect with the trees. We can make oil out of it. You can make plastics out of it. They're much better than the petrochemical plastics. So there's a lot of big, big, big money against this because I just named the chemical companies, the petrochemical companies, the, and the fuel companies. Yeah, and the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's uh, uh, what, what, in my opinion. Go ahead. Uh, one other thing I, I really would like to uh, touch on, uh, you know, on this on this uh, time with you, is one of the main reasons I also feel that we need to have our petition and get the plant into the people's hands, because uh, I know people get things from Colorado and from all, all over the country. I can hardly even touch that stuff anymore. It is so, you know, if you if you eat healthy and stay with clean foods for a while, you can really taste the bad stuff. If uh, you 
have clean cannabis, you can really taste the fertilizer. Um, I'm actually uh, a consultant because I have a lot of knowledge and experience in that area and cultivation and breeding, and I'm Florida Cannabis Consultant in that area. And what I teach and tell people, I travel all over the country teaching people, and believe it or not, from Florida. And what I first tell them is if earthworms don't grow in it, don't consume anything else it does. You know, and people talk about hydroponics because it's the only way to scale up and this and that. Um, there's no such thing as hydroponic with if you have organic food, unless you have fish growing and swimming in there and have an aquasystem, you know, aquaponics. Um, everything else has to be able to store in the shelf, and they usually do that by putting it in the salts. And it's, it's just not healthy for the plant. It's not healthy for the people. And when you're growing it for money, instead of growing it in your garden, you're going to be putting those fertilizers on it it does not need. And you're not going to be necessarily making medicine anymore, in my opinion. So that's yeah, the real absolutely. bottom line that people need to start understanding is these people are going to put fertilizer on it. And it's not healthy. And there is a big difference. I wish uh, I could have everybody taste a little bit of things that I taught people to grow in other states where they can grow it. And it is clean. And it only has rainwater and and, and the natural living soil, and uh, you can, and, and a combination thing that I've created that can have uh, rainwater kind of oxygenated spraying on roots that came through the soil. It's, it's a, you have the best of both worlds, and you've never tasted anything like it. It's so different. That's healthy. That's medicine. This other stuff, yeah, I'm not so is, sure. Yeah, medicine. If, if we're going to be calling well, no, 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 let's not call it medicine. Let's just call it our, our what, what we should always be uh, eating and consuming. The supplement. Yeah, there you go. And, you I mean, go. really, that's what it is, Arnold, because, you know, there's been studies that have come out, and people that are deficient in cannabinoids, they actually have issues like depression and headaches. Now, they haven't made a causal relationship, but that's why, but they have definitely found that, when you have cannabinoid deficiencies or low levels, usually there's some issues with it. Absolutely. I've heard that uh, migraine headaches was absolutely... Yeah, that's another thing about it not being a medicine. And I've heard that a migraine headache is a cannabinoid deficiency. At the 2014 Patients on a Time conference, I heard a, a doctor doing a lecture on that very subject. Um, so, but oh, the yeah, microdosing. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Here's another reason I tell people. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, another reason I tell people not how it's not medicine. Medicine is like this: you take a certain dosage, and that's what works. If you take less than that dosage, it doesn't work. If you take too much, it's very. You could be dangerous. Well, cannabis isn't like that because cannabis does, like you mentioned, work in microdoses. And uh, it, it does amazing things. Although there's, then there's this other aspect that the more you can consume of cannabis in every way possible, the healthier you, healthier you will be. Um, the short-term memory loss that people have sometimes when they consume that goes away. Um, your mental capacity, your 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 health. If you can consume a lot, the more you get, the better you are. <laughs> That's really my belief. Oh, so that is very different than medicine. 
Yeah, you know what, Arnold? I, I'm going to give you some anecdotal evidence here because I consume more cannabis than everybody I know save for one individual. And so, I mean, it's a lot. And I have the absolute best memory of most of the people I run into. Well, I'm glad we met each other. It hasn't affected my, it hasn't <laughs> affected my cognitive ability at all. And actually, I usually feel enhanced. For instance, I partook in a nice little rolled up joint before we got on this phone call. And man, I have felt more awake, more alert, more in tune with what's going on, more connected with the conversation. And I'm also a creative type, so I like to do art and music. And what it can do for the creativity alone, it's more like a performance enhancer than a, med than a medicine. I mean, this is like you upgrade the system. That's very good. Let me let me give you another aspect then to uh, fit in with that. Yeah. That's going to show you why Floridians for Freedom's petition is the right way to go, and we've got to put this through the country. As long as this is a commercial product, as long as you're not growing it in your garden, these sativas, like the original tie stick and their South African sativas and stuff, that gave you the clear mind high, but take 14 weeks to flower, aren't going to be around for you, man. They're not going to be around. No, they're not because, like you said, with commercial production, 14 weeks is a long time to be getting in a growth cycle. And everything else is around eight, six to ten. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, everything. Yeah, and some of it's auto flower now. You know, pretty. Soon. Well, that's that's horrible. That's that's horrible. They're really allison to it. They don't have any idea what they're doing, and that's why this is a whole other subject. So, if you get me off on the breeding and cultivation team, I try to teach responsible breeding, and that is keeping land races and keeping things those pure and making uh, hybrids. You can do both, but you've got to not lose those land races because it's all about the terpenes. Let the world know it's all about the terpenes. When they learn what. I know about this plan, I hate to say, that we are not just going to individualize these strains to the illness. We're going to individualize these strains to the illness and the individual because your body chemistry is different than mine and everybody else's. So the people who need pure lemony or piney sativas, they're going to be out of luck because they're all mixed together now because everybody wanted to make their own strain and put a name on it. So we need to be able yep. to do both. And this is responsible breeding. And thank God there's a few people like me who have uh, libraries and refrigerator stamps across the country that still have those land races. I do. I know. I, I have them somewhere. And I know that there's a few people like me. But, you know, we're going to be gone. Yeah, the land races are important. Uh, I they, don't, they don't live where they originally lived anymore, Robert. They don't live where they originally lived anymore. Humans. Well, no, I'm saying they don't live at all there. They changed. What a land race is is a uh, the strongest shall survive in a certain area. A plant will grow, and the strong will survive, and that will keep breeding in over 100 years. The plant that is perfectly uh, adapted to that environment will be the one that is there. But what happened now in this world is pollen flies and certain conditions that can fly for thousands of miles. And I've seen people like, I won't mention the name because he's gone, and uh, a breeder who is a, str 
train hunter, I can say, I guess, and um, was down in Columbia looking for the, for the original red. And he goes and finds it. He trades his seeds to the guy for his seeds. All right, so, all right, now you just gave them your Amsterdam seeds, maybe the Thames, throw a little Hermie in there for you, too. Uh, here, for him to grow out there with this land race and ruin it. So now you're the last person to get it. Thanks a lot. It's not around much anymore. They're being ruined in the original places, even. They are. Um, what, what I was trying to touch on is I spoke with a gentleman the other day by the name of Doc Gage. I heard of that, he yes. A, yeah, he's a combat medic, and he smuggled some indica back from the Hindu Kush Valley, down mm-hmm. to about 8,000 feet. Um, but hey, most people can't have the balls or the, or the uh, skills to make it out of that place alive, much less with some seeds all the way back to the U.S., so kudos to him. Right, right, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you about one part of the Floridians for Freedom thing that I think I need more clarification on because it's something that I think could possibly be an issue. And oh, that please is do. The, yeah, that's the – this right shall not be infringed except that the transfer of cannabis by purchase or sale may be regulated as necessary to ensure health and safety. Um, okay, I'm just playing with you. What I was worried about is how they so, I'm sorry, go ahead. That. Well, I'm just saying I always, I'm not worried about the petition. What I'm worried about is how these knuckleheads will interpret it because they screw everything up. Well, they can't interpret it so far as to try and take the plant back from us because that's covered in the first section, okay? But not everybody is going to want to or be able to physically or uh, other reasons grow this plant for themselves. They may have to buy it. A lot of people, you know, will be doing that. They may want it made in other things that they aren't physically or other reasons unable to get it in. So um, there has to be a way for the people to buy it and sell it. And, of course, there has to be the regulations on that because uh, we do need to have testing. Colorado is full of pesticides and stuff. Things are being called back all the time. I talk to these people, and it's like, why are you using pesticides on plants that you're growing indoors? You know, you don't have any bugs. You don't bring any bugs in. And you don't have any bugs. I don't understand. And they actually tried to tell me it's in their regulations. Like they have to or something. I don't get oh. it. But, yeah, it doesn't uh, make sense. Did you see the study about California that came out regarding the same yeah. issue? Um, yes. 90, was it like 90% had pesticides in it? It's yes. an obscene number. Yeah, so here's another thing you got, you got to get to. Out there, they're growing outdoors. Colorado, they're not. So a, lot of, a lot of stuff in, in California can be grown outdoors in Northern California. What people don't understand about growing this plant is that's not happening in Florida. Okay, that is not happening in Florida. You might be able to grow. not going to happen, folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is you, physically, those people don't understand what the plants understand is it doesn't physically work that way. What you could grow outdoors in Florida is those... <laughs> It was 14 hours of tevis, maybe, but uh, right. No, what, what, what you can grow here is uh, industrial hemp that is for fabric and paper, and that's the tall, skinny stuff that has very light buds. But the problem is that nowadays people are cutting those tops off and using them for CBD oil. And the problem is the regulations for putting pesticide on those things is different than medicine. 
there's a different thing when you grow hemp that is for medicine. That's a short, stocky plant. Like, uh, I won't say that word, depending on the Colorado, but uh, ACDC, catatonic, or any of those high CBD strains. Um, those plants are short, stocky, and that's what people are growing for medicine for CBD oil. And those you can't even grow in Florida because of the humidity. I mean, you might have been able to 30 years ago, 20 years ago, but if you look around at Florida right now, I don't know what part of Florida you're at, but there's a whole lot of fog in the mornings in the middle of winter right now. I mean, it is so damp, so wet, so warm. You're going to have mold fungus on anything that has a decent bud in Florida almost any time of the year right now. You cannot do that kind of stuff outside. Besides the fact that you have to grow indoors so we've got a certain height or anything because it's we never have a longer day than 14 hours in Florida. You put anything outdoors unless you're going to mess with those auto flowers, uh, it's going to go to oh, flower yeah. outside in 14 hours. Expand. Organizing. The only way to do it outdoors in, in Florida is with a greenhouse with supplemental light and everything, you know. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, Pink, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I say you still need something to cool that greenhouse down. Do you know about the dispensing organization in Florida that lost their whole first crop pretty much because of the mold slash bud rot? <laughs> yeah, I know. And another one, spider mites. But see, the thing is, you know, yeah. people say, what's better, indoor or outdoor? It's foolishness. Why choose? You know, uh, nothing beats the sun. But then if you're glad of the wrestling environment, nothing beats that either. Why choose? Why not do both? So you have a, an environment controlled in the greenhouse completely. CO2 added and everything. Um, and, and use the light and sun and have supplemental light to lengthen your days. Um, there's no reason to choose one or the other. You can do both with that way. But yeah, they just right. know that. They're like that system going and, and get her a long learning process. Like people say to me, oh, how do you get rid of spider mites? You don't kill them. You be clean. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's the answer. Absolutely. Because everybody listening, just like you, will almost never get sick if your diet is really good and you're in good health. Neither do the plants. Because 
the reason why spider mites come in, the reason why other pests take hold is because there is there's a uh, environment there for it to be able to take hold. So if they're really super strong and they're drinking their compost tea like they're supposed to, they should be able to repel off anything. Like I would notice when I was working up in Willits and around Ukiah a couple years ago that, I mean, every now and then you might see a pest, but just because you see one doesn't mean it's an infestation and they're usually out of there. Uh, like, I think I found one one worm out of, like, I don't know, it was like 40 pounds we processed. Uh, but it was the first bud that I went to when we, when we were bucking the big leaves down. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> you know, like, first one out of the out of bat, you get a little bud worm. Was it indoor? No, always outdoor. It's it right. outdoor. Um, right. Growing biodiesel. Right. No reason. I think any... I happened to find it like right after it had just got on the plant. You know, because they were healthy plants. They're, I mean, they didn't have any issues. But well, Robert, to touch back back at your, at your question, um, the, the, not everybody is going to be able to grow it or want to grow it. So they are going to have to have some kind of setup for uh, people to buy it and know that they're buying healthy, clean stuff that you can call yeah. something that's going to be good for you, not not bad. That's why people say, uh, yeah. uh, oh, you know, regulations of this or that, or, you know, if cannabis is not bad for you in any way, so how can it be? You know, you can't do too much of something that's not bad for you. I mean, I haven't seen any yeah, you can't. sign of it being bad. I don't like when when people talk about you know the tourists mostly that end up in the emergency rooms in Colorado and stuff, and the media refers to it as an overdose. I don't like that terminology. It was an over ingestion because an overdose normally implies that somebody died. Or, or or has a something that's threatening their their life anyway. And right. cannabis does not affect that part of the nervous system to ever affect our breathing or our heart rate in any way, no matter how much we took. So it, it, it can't cause that. And I'm sure I'm sure you've heard in your audience has heard that it would take fifteen hundred pounds in fifteen minutes to really kill anybody. Yeah, that, and that's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> Yeah, that's not that's not gonna happen. Um, and also, for those of you listening, because most of the medical professionals don't know this, and this isn't medical advice. It's just you know what can help you sometimes if you're nauseated, period, and having bad feelings from over ingestion is taking about a thousand milligrams of choline. Uh, that will help you. That is very good advice. There's things if you don't have that around or something, uh, black pepper. It's the, the terpene that's in black pepper. It's also in oh, cannabis. Really? I, I can't quite say the name of it but, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, it starts with a C. Uh, it's uh, also the terpene that's in uh, some cannabis strains. Uh, it counteracts the THC. Or, and if you have some CBD around, that also counteracts the high of, of THC. I like immediately. Like if you happen to be lucky enough to have some high CBD, you know, uh, ACDC or something like that around, or uh, uh-huh. then or a pop off sprite or something, then you you can uh, just take a couple puffs of that and you'll be good immediately. It's amazing. I've seen it. 
Wow. And you know, some people have to I'm take it, you know, and they have trouble with getting getting a tolerance level up for cancer or something. And they take it if they fill up their CB1 and CB2 receptors a little bit with the CBD. Now I'm not talking about uh, industrial hemp oil. I'm talking about real good, you know, good CBD oil from a plant that's made in cannabis. Okay, not not hemp. Then uh, you're you're gonna see the difference. Yeah, that's okay. You know, I was trying to find what that terpene was in black pepper, and it looks like, according to Leafly, there's a few of them that that work in there in conjunction, kind of like your own little mini entourage effect from the black pepper counteracting the too heavy of an entourage effect that you gave yourself. And the one I think you're talking about is, is it the beta cara karyophylline? Yes. That's and the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's and the one. That's the one that's in pepper and cannabis. Yeah, so what happens is it binds to the same receptors in the brain that um, delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol binds to. So it kind of kicks it out of the way. So you start to loosen the effects, which is um, – it's good to know that's available because, man, when you look on the people's faces that have – because they're giving themselves a panic attack from because they don't like the way they're feeling, man, mm-hmm. I, I feel for them, but, but I've always I've, – I've run across it twice, and I always let people know, you know, I, well, first of all, I told you you could always eat more of the cookie, but you can never eat less. That's a, always a good rule. Titrate mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. And um, had to just reassure them that, you know, they're going to be fine. And then, of course, they were fine. Uh, I really hate the overdose term. Just like you don't like it being called medicine because it's going to be taken away, I don't like the term overdose because it implies that something bad could happen from ingestion. Exactly. And there, there's been this new thing now, like, like uh, uh, something hyperesthesis. Uh, hyperesthesis. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I'll tell you what I read. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm not a doctor, like you said. I do a lot of research and I have a bit of knowledge, but I don't know about this for sure. So but I am going to give this uh, study that I read about uh, some some airtime that uh, they're saying is the hypernesis that's out there seems to be coming from something that's in neem oil, which is a uh, natural thing that some people want to use as a pesticide type of thing. Oh. Which, like I said, which, like I said, what I teach is none of that. You, you stay clean. You, none of that stuff should come anywhere near your plants. None of that kind of stuff. Even though it's from a natural source, it doesn't matter. It's not from. It's not cannabis. Leave it all. Keep it away. Um, but they're saying that it's, there's a chemical that comes from the neem oil that the buildup of that is what's causing these people to, to have this effect in these states. I'm not going to say it is 100, percent but this is a study that I read. Uh, I forget the actual yeah. chemical that's in the neem oil that they're saying causes it. But, it, you know, wow, that's you're, you're, you're looking up things that, that's good information to have. I'm full of a lot of yeah, good information I, like that. Yeah, I definitely have used neem oil many times before um, gardening in my backyard. And, you know, once again, this just goes right back to it, Arnold. needs to 
be descheduled so we can get some real researchers doing what they do, right. researching because, right. man, once we let the scientists loose on this, if it was completely descheduled, there's going to be a lot of even more interesting things we continue to learn about this plant. I, I feel right. that it was put here by divine intervention almost uh, because it's just, and it, it is a powerhouse. Of Absolutely. I believe it's the tree of life. I'm sure you've yeah. heard some believe it's a tree of life. Um, two quick things I'd like to touch on to, that, uh, that there's information that the, the world doesn't have. Uh, one okay. thing is, um, you know, I hate to blow a lot of people's bubbles, but CBD oil that people are consuming orally. They need to do a Google search and look and see what happens when CBD oil hits your stomach acid. It does turn a certain amount, depending on how much acid you have in your stomach, to delta-9 THC, which then will go to your liver and turn into delta-11-hydroxy, the uh, metabolite that the liver turns it into that your body can use. So you will be psychoactively high, and you will fail a drug test. So people need to be aware of that. Uh, oh, wow. Well, I, I didn't know that. We've been going about an hour. Can we real quick, just quickly, um, get Floridians for Freedom's position on the proposed rules by the Department of Health? Absolutely. Um, we need to not have a 90 days. We need to not have 45-day uh, renewables. We need to make sure the most, one of the most craziest things I heard the Department of Health, and I had a talk with them in Orlando when they were there. They uh, gave me a chance to listen that they have right now something that no other state has. Our doctors are called to order cannabis, and they're basically ordering and telling them how much and what kind to take, which doctors don't know. Um, really, the big point of that is it's not like ordering dinner. It's like a legal order. Um, we can't have our doctors putting their neck on the line, ordering our patients to break federal law. They can recommend it like every other state. I mean, people might think that's just a, not a big deal, that word, but that, that is a big deal. Uh, that we have it to is. have it recommend. We can't have prescriptions until it's federally legal. Um, we don't want our doctors to put their neck on the line and saying it's ordering people, so just recommending is good on that. Um, we can't have a, the seven growers in a vertical integrated system. We need to have an open market, and it needs to be for Florida people. It needs to not be uh, people who have legal experience with plant, you know, working from other states. That's not helping the people in Florida, uh, and it's not necessary. There's people with knowledge in the state. Um, let me think. And then what about the – I know you don't like it being called medicine, but what about the fact uh, they put it in the – Florida Board of Medicine's hands instead of the physician. Oh, yeah, no, no, it has to, it has to just be the doctors. Uh, it has to be the doctors who uh, know the patient. That's the ones who make the decision. Nobody else. They, they they're just going to try to find find another way to restrict it. You know, if somebody's having migraines or whatever their problem is. If cannabis is going to help them better than anything else, their doctor should be able to prescribe it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And something that. Myself and the Marijuana Solution and everyone we've uh, kind of talked to really don't like, like the way caregivers been defined. The only way a caregiver can have more than one patient is if they're in hospice. So the only way you can even have like a real caregiver organization is if you're just seeing terminal patients. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, I mean, what is a caregiver or somebody like you say said at one of these meetings? You know, if a caregiver is not growing, somebody medicine for them. What are they doing? Just holding the bong? You know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And let me tell you what else I believe very strongly that Amendment Two says that the Department of Health doesn't want to hear. And I told them in Orlando that I was going to come back and fight them on this. I told them if you don't change these big things, you're going to have thousands of lawsuits. You're going to have a few anyway. You know, and I'm going to come back and fight you on this one because we need to go by the definitions that are in Amendment 2. The Department of Health is trying to slip one by and use the definitions from the, the Compassionate Care Act. Yep. This is a big problem. And I, I mentioned to him, it seems to be funny that, hey, you skipped the definition of cannabis altogether. Okay, well, Amendment 2 says cannabis is a statute, and you read that earlier in our conversation when you read what uh, our right of adults to cannabis said, uh, what the plan is. That says living and not. And that's what the, that's definition, right. that's what the definition is in Amendment 2. So I can have that plant living. That's what it says. That's what we voted on. Yeah, well, you know what, Arnold, that, that, that's kind of promising um, to think that there could possibly be a legal play, even if we don't get recreational on the ballot, that there's some, mm -hmm. some room for interpretation. Uh, and, you know, uh, Michael Minardi, the chairman of I, know, well, I love him with all my heart. Recreational petition. Yeah, that, that's what he said. He spoke towards the end of the Orlando meeting. You were um, towards the beginning. Uh, and that's what he was saying is, you know, like all this stuff's unconstitutional, like just just stop it already because the lawsuits are coming. And Senator Jeff Brandis says the same thing. He was on the podcast. It's like the lawsuits are coming. We've already spent, I think, a little over a million as it is being sued by nurseries just trying to do business. And now you're talking about a potential for a class action for all the patients being screwed over. I mean, which is unnecessary. We don't want to have to go through that. Nobody wants to sue anybody to have access and be, you know, finally had our right restored to a plant. It's ludicrous. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's so ludicrous. You know what else is ludicrous? It is when the politicians were asked, I forget which, which group of them it was, but they were asked by a, a mother, would I be able to administer cannabis oil to my child in public? And and they had a, we'll have to wait and see. So you're telling me that a mother has to potentially risk committing a crime to medicate her son who could possibly be having a seizure because she's That's a mother? That's what they're saying. It, right. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what about people have to have a patch on? Medicine. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that is, is not calling it medicine. So, you know, if it's not medicine, then you just... Use it freely. Nobody cares how you eat your tomatoes or your herbs. And while we're being honest, there's plenty of herbs and stuff you can buy at the health food store that are far more dangerous than cannabis. The valerian root, if you eat too much of that, very dangerous. It's very strong sedative. And so extreme. You can drink too much water way before you can have too yeah, much of this Yeah, dangerous. Water. We which we actually will die if we don't get any, but you won't die if you don't get any cannabis. But uh, I'm not so sure about that. that too much. Well, right, but it is the same thing. I mean, it doesn't mean you're giving out death. It's not like water. You know, you don't no, have no, 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 no. But I think it's susceptible to cancer and things, baby. 
Yeah. Golly. You know what? Um, I forget the name of the lady who spoke in Orlando, but she's a compound pharmacist. She went towards the end. I believe she's Hispanic and had on a red yeah. dress. And she was talking about how, you know, she thinks that the cannabinoids, at least from the patients that she's seeing, um, may be counteracting a lot of the bad stuff that's in our food, such as the GMOs and the pesticides and other things, because it is that neuroprotective. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's why we should all consume this plant without being sick, because it is going to keep us from being sick. You know, we shouldn't have to get sick first. This, this is going to keep us from being sick. This is the ultimate preventative nutritional supplement. Absolutely. And Perfect, perfectly being, quick, Robert. You, yeah, it, it, it is. You are aware, aware of this marijuana solution. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.